Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, March 11th. My name, of course, as always, it is Mr. Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, where there are sometimes good tweets, sometimes bad tweets, but always Padres tweets. It's at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is always bad tweets, but certainly tweets that are on Twitter. I don't know what that even means, but still, you can follow me there, and if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. And today, once again, it's the dog days of spring training. We're still going on. We're still chugging along. Yesterday, there was no game, actually, so there's nothing for me to recap. Tonight, the Padres are actually playing the Chicago Cubs at 9.05 p.m. Eastern time in terms of where I am because, as you guys know, I am on the East Coast in my little old shack in New Jersey. Not a shack, really. More of a luxurious penthouse suite is where I live, actually. It's it's truly, I'm a fine diner. I'm, I'm an upper class. I'm a high roller, I guess some would say. Not true at all, of course. I'm a bit of a schmuck, as I've said many times. But today I wanted to just talk about two things. That's the I've been seeing a lot of talk about Francisco Lindor and the Indians. And I want to talk about whether or not that's possible for the Padres to potentially acquire him. And then I've got a little fun list. It's been a while since I've done a list. I feel like the last one I did actually was with Stacy when we did our favorite MLB player reaction. So gonna do a list about my recommendations. For what you should do when you're a baseball fan and maybe you don't care about spring training and you're just really waiting for the season to start, what do you do to tide you over when you're such a fan like that? I've got five recommendations. Most of them probably obvious, but you know what? That's what the Lockdown Padres podcast is all about. It's about talking about very obvious things with a little bit of a spin on them and hopefully, hopefully you guys find it entertaining. That's what I do. But first, before we get into those two things, just want to talk about, I believe Denelson Lament and Cal Quantrill are probably going to get work tonight. I don't know about that. I don't know what the starting lineup is going to be. I don't think it's been released, but I can imagine we're definitely going to see Quantrill. I feel like it's been a few days since we've seen him pitch. Quantrill is, I think, the last starting pitcher that has a lot to prove right now, just because he, as I've talked about before, is one of those guys where his stock has kind of fallen a formerly like a, a top-ish prospect, never like a Mackenzie Gore level, at least as far as I remember. But he's he's kind of fallen off a bit, and now it's becoming, is this guy like a bust? Is he ever going to really be useful in a major league rotation? He was quite bad in the time frame that he pitched last year. It was not good looking, and none of his pitches seemed to really hit the plate, had some control issues, just kind of a mess. And of course, small sample size, but still, I think that this is important for him. And Denelson Lamette, who is... I think one of, if I had to, I genuinely mean this, I'm not just saying this as a Padres fan, I think Lamette, just as, if he's like, I just really think that if you told me this guy was going to be good, I I just don't see a ceiling for that necessarily. I'm not saying like he's an ace Garrett Cole, like Jake DeGrom type of pitcher, but I just, it would, I really think that he's one of those guys this year that no one will be surprised if he just comes out bang in gets over 200 strikeouts maybe not 200 but like 180 around that range and has a decent era and whip i I really think that he could do that i think that this guy's supremely talented and you know who else thinks that tommy fam and in tommy fam we trust tommy fam the warlock of course but now let's talk about the francisco lindor thing i was actually watching part of the interruption the other day which is a show I, i i enjoy watching when i'm just kind of in the mood for some 
general sports talk, not anything specific. And also just because I love Tony Kornheiser. I've, I've always loved that guy. I think he's hilarious. Uh, I just love his, oh, okay, I'm old, I'm old. I'm sorry, I'm old. That's just me, I'm old. I, I like that he like admits that he's a little bit detached from things uh, every now and then. So I don't know. I just, I love that. And they were talking about it and it reminded me of how the Francisco Lindor thing, this popped up a couple weeks ago for the first time when he was kind of linked a little bit to the Padres, as in there's still talks between the Indians and Padres about this guy. Now, what I mean by talks, of course, is nothing solid, nothing foolproof, nothing concrete. It's just talks. That tells me that it just means that they're kind of just getting the early, the ball rolling on it, probably just trying to feel things out. And when it comes to Francisco Lindor, I think I've mentioned this before. If I if I haven't, then whatever, you can hear it now. Francisco Lindor is one of those guys that it's, with the Indians, he's one of their best players, like, that they've had in a long, long time, at least as far as I can remember. I mean, they had CeCe Sabathia that one time, I believe, but it's 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 rare, especially for positional players, for them to have a two-way player who's excellent defensively and a absolute lightning bottle, super fun player to watch offensively too. And he's one of those guys that would obviously be sought after by basically every team in the league. I know that the Padres have Fernando Tatis, and that's why a lot of this talk about him moving to the Padres seems a bit unrealistic. I think that they would potentially move Tatis to center field. They've been working him out there in spring training. I wouldn't be wild about that because I think Tatis is definitely one of the future cornerstones of this franchise for years to come. He's just so talented, so electric, so he just transfixes you when you see him at the play. He's he's just a blast. I know he strikes out a little bit too much, but anyway, I think that potentially they can move around Tatis. I think that they're just exploring the option, maybe getting him a little bit more acclimated to the outfield terrain just to see if they can because they would certainly rather figure that out than not have Francisco Endor, you know what I mean? Almost as a, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Even if that could be a little bit dangerous a mindset, but still, and hey, honestly, if I if Fernando Tatis turns out to be great at center field, that would be awesome, let me tell you, because as we all know, and I've been talking about it, nauseam here on the podcast, center field is definitely an issue with the Padres. Anyway, the thing with the Indians is they still control them for two years, this season and the next meaning that they st- it's still in their court. You know what I mean? This isn't like a guy that they have for half a season left. This isn't the trade deadline where you kind of have to trade him and teams know you have to trade him, therefore they're going to offer less. They're still a little bit in the driver's seat here. And they can. this is another thing. Like I said, they can, they can cross that bridge when they get to it. I would be very surprised if they dealt him before the season started. I think he's definitely a trade deadline guy. I think he's, if the Indians start off shaky, if guys like Shane Bieber, who had kind of a breakout season last year, if he regresses somewhat, if guys like Mike Clevenger, if Carlos Carrasco can't stay healthy, as he's had trouble doing, and their pitching kind of falls apart, if Jose Ramirez can't have a bounce back, guys of this ilk, then I could see them possibly moving on and just getting a gargantuan return for him, you know, like 150 cents on the dollar type thing, because you would get him for a season and a half at Minimum, assuming, of course, you don't resign him. I think this is a team thing, and I think that the Indians might have had one of those last hurrah seasons last year. That's what I'm predicting. I'm not feeling great about them. I'd love to hear what maybe the, the, the Locked On Indians podcast uh, host has to say about this, but I really think the Indians are a little bit due for that year, that coming to back down to earth. They had their chance years ago, of course, when they were in the World Series 
which is kind of an often forgotten thing that Cleveland, that the Indians were in the World Series. It's it's really forgotten that they lost there and that while it was nice for the Cubs to win, it's also like, oh, you know, always I feel like you always kind of got to root for Cleveland. They Their sports franchises aren't exactly associated with greatness, I guess is the, the polite way to say it. But I would say that look for that trade towards the middle of the season. We have to see how the the, t- the season turns out and if the Indians are abominable and whatnot. Otherwise, I don't really see it. If the Padres did trade for him, I'm asking you guys, would you feel comfortable trading for Francisco Lindor? If it was at the halfway point in the season, I can imagine that this would mean that they want someone like Patino. They want someone like Gore. They want like one of those upper tier prospects. But then again, then again, you never know because the Indians owner did come out and this all remember ownership can be very silly sometimes. The the Indians ownership came out like last season and was like, "Hey, don't get used to it. You know, don't get too attached." And that was in presumptuously, we can assume that it was referring to Francisco Lindor. Now, that why I'm saying that is because we just saw the Boston Red Sox trade someone who's better than Francisco Lindor and was one of the best players in the league that we've seen in years, like maybe of the decade, and that's Mookie Betts, and they didn't get much of a return on investment. Verdugo being, Alex Verdugo being probably the biggest piece that they got in return, and I guess a little bit of money. So you never know. We over Every time we're always talking about trade rumors, we always get into this thing about, oh, well, it's going to cost too much to get him, or what would it cost, and blah, blah, blah. We fire up trade machines and stuff, and my thing is this. First, we got to start off by asking, will they trade him? My thing is, I think it depends on how they do in the season. And then the second question is, you just don't know. We've seen all the time that people will just trade guys and just to get rid of it and just to... It's like, I feel like we don't get these giant kind of omega-level trades anymore. I know this is especially the case in other sports, but... In, in baseball, I just feel like it doesn't happen too much. I feel like teams are getting really smart with this stuff and that they're learning it's not necessarily smart to go all in when you're not entirely sure what your team is. It's okay if you're the Dodgers and you trade for somebody like Manny Machado, and I forgot what they actually gave up for him, but say, it, let's just assume because I don't have it right in front of me, that they gave up a lot. That's a little bit different because your team is more certain. It's like with the Cubs, a little bit more certain. But I think teams that are in the middle ground and the contention bubble, they're on the fringe of it, like the Padres, I think they're getting smart and they're just saying this isn't worth the potential way that this could bite us in the in the butts later on. So those are my thoughts on that. Now we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, a fun little list, the five things that baseball fans should do in order to tide themselves over until baseball starts. You're listening to the Locked Up Padres podcast, everybody. Stay tuned. And we're back, everybody, here on the illustrious, fantastical, sensational, and absolutely brilliant Lockdown Padres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, March 11th. It's kind of sunny out, which is nice to see. I just want to, before we get into this fun list, because I want to mention the San Francisco, the, the, the Oakland area, the Bay Area sports, they've announced the World Health Center has been talking. Uh, E3 just got canceled this morning, which is the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is video games and stuff, which if you guys don't know, I'm a big video game industry junkie and everything's getting canceled. I just wanted to once again say everybody stay safe and it's going to be crazy. We're probably going to have this happen with the Padres. I can imagine are probably going to not push back opening day or anything like that, but we may be seeing some empty ballparks. So look up. I recommend if anyone, if you can find this, I don't know if it's on YouTube, but that Baltimore Oriole games that took place after the Baltimore riots, it's really just transfixing to watch and really surreal to watch. And we might be headed for that soon. So, but as always, everybody stay safe. But now after that little bit of a note, let's get into the list 
Now, why am I doing this? Number one is because there's nothing really else to talk about, and I like to mix things up a little bit every now and then before my Thursday and Friday, and gonna have some, hopefully some, some illustrious guests actually this week, and I felt like doing a list. It's been a while. And today's list is the things to do while you're waiting. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, spring training is what you do when you're a baseball fan, right? But that's not being on the list. That's not interesting. Everybody knows. Okay, you're a super big baseball fan and you're desperate. You're going to start watching spring training. Who's winning the roster battles and stuff like that? But I made a list, my top five list of what you should do while you're waiting for the baseball season to start. And if you're only a baseball fan, because me, I'm a fan of multiple sports, so it's not as hard for me to pass the time. And I'm also interested in video games and movies and all that stuff, so... For me, it hasn't always been a curse, but I know a lot of people were like, I only like baseball. That's just what I look forward to. So here's some recommendations, I guess. Let's start with number five, my number five recommendation. My number five recommendation, that is following baseball media people on Twitter. For those who don't know, I am a big Twitter fan. I love using that app. I know that people t- call it like a, a hellscape every now and then and that it is only negative energy. I think that is 80% true, but I do believe if you properly curate it, you can get a lot of fun stuff and you can make it more aligned with your interests. And I recommend everyone following baseball people on Twitter because they are smarter than me, certainly, and they are most likely going to be very knowledgeable about things. They could tweet articles. Twitter is just a great hub for kind of getting your fix on whatever team it is. That's another thing about this list. It's not just Padre specific. It's about everything. You can be into whatever kind of team you're into and media people are really great. Some some people that I follow, I mean, it's everybody. I mean, there's Padre centric things like like AJ Casaval and other guys, other Padres beat writers. You know, the East Village Times is a place that I follow and check out their articles every now and then. But in terms of just in general, there's people like Lana Berry, Ken Rosenthal, Hannah Kaiser, who I think has one of the most interesting, like, video baseball-produced things that I've seen in a while, which was the bandwagon. I really recommend everyone checking that out. And there's also some baseball players who are great. And I've mentioned this kind of jokingly on the podcast before that it's kind of a shame that the best personalities, or in my opinion, the most some of the most interesting personalities in baseball happen to not be the best players right now. That's that's guys like Brandon McCarthy and Sean Doolittle, who are awesome. Dan Heron is actually pretty funny on Twitter as well. But yes, guys, follow baseball media people on Twitter. Media people. And media people especially. Just people who are good writers tend to translate well to Twitter, in my experience, for any number of subjects. My number five recommendation. Number four. This is a little bit of an obvious one. Watch baseball movies and, and here's the other key, have some ice cream on the side. I'm telling you there's something about it. You need to simulate. It can be ice cream. It can be Cracker Jack. It can be a hot dog. It You simulate that baseball atmosphere. Try and open the windows to your house, but put on baseball movies. That's the thing. I've done this before. Trust me, it gets you in the mood. I don't know how it happens, but it does. Have Cracker Jack, which is... One of my favorite ballpark snacks ever. I'm not really sure why because the it is a double-edged sword. I think it tastes delicious every single time I have it. I'm addicted to it. I know it's all sugar and, and nonsense and whatnot. But hey, I'm a bit of a chubby kid and I still enjoy it greatly. I don't care what anybody says. But the double-edged sword of it is that the, the stuff is just super sticky after you're done. So make sure you have some napkins nearby. Especially if in your, you're in your home and you don't want to mess up perhaps your couch or your furniture and what have you. But that's what I recommend. Listen, I watch a lot of movies, Paul. I know what I'm doing. Personally, and I asked you guys the other day, unfortunately, no one, (laughs) no one has gotten back to me about what they think is the best baseball movie. That's okay. I still recommend you guys check out movies like Moneyball and Major League, Sandlot. There's actually... 
these aren't movies, but Pitch I've been watching, and I haven't finished Pitch. I meant to do that as part of a kind of back-end segment, but I haven't had a chance to really finish it, but I really recommend everyone checking that out. And another one being, there's this documentary. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but it's called, I think it's called Fastball, and it's just a nice kind of historical documentary on just the evolution of the fastball and how there was a time when it was like an urban legends that a guy can throw at 85 miles an hour, which is like crazy to think about right now. Right. Where like everyone can throw 85 miles an hour. I'm not me, but a lot of people can. And that's like how fast your changeup has to be. You know what I mean? Like that is not how fast the fastball has to be really interesting insider baseball type of documentary on Netflix. I don't, or maybe not on Netflix, but check that out. It might be on Hulu, actually. I know I saw it somewhere on a streaming service, so that's another one I recommend. And key thing, guys, watch a lot of baseball movies and baseball shows, but make sure you kind of set up that atmosphere if you can in your house, if you're fortunate enough to. Maybe you have a projector outside that you can go outside and do it. Try to set up that atmosphere. Eat some ice cream. Eat Ben and Jerry's. I remember one of my favorite traditions was to watch Sandlot on the last day of school and eat an entire carton of Ben and Jerry's. I don't do that anymore because, honestly, I try to eat Ben & Jerry's as much as I can, and I don't like waiting once a year. And because I also graduated school, and that's never going to happen again. But anyway, that's my number four recommendation. Number three, this one is just in general. And I find it, this is the least baseball one on the list. It is just straight up, play video games. Guys, I love video games. Play any video game you want. Go and hop on Overwatch. Go and hop on Grand Theft Auto V. If you're age appropriate, of course, go hop on Call of Duty, go hop on Super uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, go hop on Pokemon, go hop on Animal Crossing is going to be coming out, go check out a Dragon Ball Z game, I don't care, whatever you're into, just play more video games, it's a great hobby, guys, do not let the media fool you, play more video games, trust me, guys, it is basically therapy. Move on from that one. Number two, this one is perhaps one of the more niche ones, at least maybe I do this a lot, it's scrolling through fantasy baseball projections. Now, if you guys don't know, I love, love, love fantasy baseball. And I've actually, this is one of my favorite things every year. And it says a lot about me as a human being, honestly, is that I love reading through the projections and where people have players ranked. It just gets me amped for baseball. Seriously. If you guys don't play fantasy baseball, that's fine. I recommend trying it out. It's a really great way to kind of keep your interest going in the rest of the league. Maybe you're, say you're only a Padres fan and you're only paying attention to the NL West. And I know that baseball is a little bit more of a a localized sport. I've noticed that fantasy baseball really helps you at least have an idea of what's going on in the rest of the league. I mentioned this on my podcast with Miller that I had no idea that Eduardo Escobar, or I'm sorry, not, not Eduardo Escobar, Cattell Marte had like a unbelievable season last year batting 329 32 homers 10 steals in there 389 on base an OPS of 980 like really kind of insane and let me tell you guys fantasy baseball really helps you keep up to date with all the little minor things and stats and I've noticed that on ESPN ESPN actually they do like little blurbs and that only adds to the fun I love every single year I read through the 200 the top 200 blurbs for fantasy baseball. Sometimes it gives you some nice little stats in there too for for baseball stat nerds and it also just gets you excited. I can't really describe it really why this this works so much for me, but I've noticed that the reading the blurbs of for fantasy baseball are just such a blast and it just gets you excited. It gets you and it reminds you like, "Oh, this sport is is, is just dope and I I really appreciate it." Number 1 now, moving past the the 
projections for fantasy, one of my favorite activities to partake in every year. I always hate when I see that they're still undergoing maintenance, like the site, the fantasy baseball site, that they're still updating things. And I'm always like, no, hurry up. And I check every single day to see those blurbs come out. And it excites me every time. Number one for my recommendations for what to do when you're a baseball fan and you're not necessarily that into spring training, it is to play through MLB The Show. Of course, this is a little bit of a cheat because I already put video games on here. Whatever, sue me. I don't care. (laughs) This one is an entirely different thing all on its own. And here's what I want you to do in MLB The Show. Yes, obviously, you like building your teams and you you like doing franchise mode or Diamond Dynasty and collecting cards. And that's a lot of fun, too. But I want to specifically, very specifically, highlight the Road to the Show mode, which is basically like crack cocaine for me because every time I play Road to the Show, and I actually have to be careful. I didn't buy an MLB The Show game for a while. I actually only got last year's MLB 19 The Show with Bryce Harper on the cover because of the fact that it was free because of PlayStation Plus, which is a service that allows you to. They give away like two free games every month. And MLB The Show, I believe it was this past October. It was the 19 one. They gave that one for free. And the reason why I stay away is because MLB The Show ruins my life. Not just because of all the modes. Not just because it's made so well and I love baseball and I just like playing Padres, Yankees, or Padres, Dodgers, whatever, just scrimmaging games against them. But I've noticed that Road to the Show is really one of those modes that just zaps you of your life in the best way possible. And here's the thing. When you're playing MLB the Show, imagine yourself. When you're creating your player, I don't know if you guys do this too, but I always imagine myself as it being real. This will help tide you over and get you excited for baseball. I'm telling you, you start doing what I do with the the fantasy baseball projections and the blurbs. You start imagining and writing in your head, what would your blurb look like if what you were doing right now is real? What if I'm a top 50 player? And what would that projection say? Hey, he's, he's a potential 2020 guy and all these things. And then always, this is even more important, remember to give fake press conferences in your room by yourself, pretending that you're real, pretending that right after the game, you go, you, maybe you're taking a shower and you pretend now because because you've been playing MLB Road to the show all day. <laughs> that you're you're like, man, hey, things gotta happen. You start imagining what you'd say to the media. You start imagining how famous you would be. You start checking your Twitter and you're pretending that you have 800 million followers. And you start pretending that you, you're going on Jimmy Kimmel or what have you. And you're giving interviews. Maybe you're of that fun personality type or whatever. And you're really famous and all that. Always fun. It gets you really in the mood for baseball, guys. I'm telling you. But that's about it for my recommendations. That's my top five. If you guys have any other recommendations, any other quirky, weird, zany, kind of eclectic recommendations, please, please submit them. I would love to know. I kind of feel like I covered all the bases here. I know that I was originally going to put just watch spring training on here, but that felt like a little bit of a a cop-out, and I didn't want to do that, so I did not. I imagine some other recommendations are going to have to do with playing baseball, the sport itself, but I didn't want to necessarily discriminate based on someone's athletic ability. I'd rather discriminate on their ability to afford a PlayStation. (laughs) So, of course, you see my hypocrisy in that. But in all seriousness, guys, please send me your recommendations. Anything cool. And you know what? I'll read them on the podcast on the next show. Maybe not not for this week, but on Monday, I will read... That yeah, this this for sure. I will read any other recommendations you guys might have for things to do. Any really creative. I'm looking for creativity here on things to do when you're waiting for the baseball season and you don't necessarily care about spring training. So that's my challenge for you guys. I've had a lot of challenges that I've issued out with baseball movies and this and that. But alas, there we are. So 
That's it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys. A little bit of fun, weird one today. I'm in a good mood once again. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Always and forever, I promise, always will be making that joke. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever. And now... Now that this show is over, you guys turn on your use your smart device to turn on Locked On MLB, hosted by my man Soli, who I was on a few weeks ago. He hosts a great podcast. Just wanted to recommend that to you guys to check out if you want some general baseball talk. He's really great, and I hope to be back on the podcast soon. And as always, until next time, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.